Hello and welcome to episode 17 of Each Sold Separately, Collect Them All, an action figure podcast with me, Colonel Rain's Carr, and your friend and mine, Brian Charles Rooney. This week you're going to get to know us, how, why we collect toys, how we collect them, and what we think about them, and how the heck do we afford them. So sit back, relax, and we'll be right back with you. Long ago, in a galaxy far, far away, the Star Wars saga began, and Kenner continues the excitement. Chewbacca? Roar! It's C-3PO that you can take apart, and other action figures each sold separately. Take me to Han Solo and Princess Leia. What happened? Han, Leia, sneak attack. I'm all in pieces. What a mess. Put him down, Chewie. How's that, C-3PO? Wonderful. Han Solo, C-3PO with backpack, and other action figures each sold separately from Kenner Star Wars Return of the Jedi Collection. Well, hello and welcome back to Each Sold Separately. It's your friend um, Brian Charles Rooney along with me, Colonel Rain's car, to talk about some toys. And Brian Charles Rooney was just telling me about two new toys that he just got. What were those two toys, Brian Charles Rooney? Two new toys are Polaris and Havoc, the Marvel Legends X-Factor 2-pack. I was lucky, and I had it on pre-order with Big Bad Toy Store, but I ended up canceling it because i found them at gamestop um and even though it was a couple more dollars i don't care i got immediate gratification what was the price on those at old gamestop uh 44 okay so about five dollars more that's not terrible it's like 41 or something on or 41.99 on big bad toy store i think it was 44.99 at gamestop i think that's not so bad no i mean you know no especially if i don't have any other shipping then there's four dollar shipping, so it's the same. Um, yeah, they're uh, they're super cool. Um, Havoc is insane. <laughs> it's just it's a great figure. He looks exactly like that old Toy Biz '90s one. I mean, it's crazy how much he looks like that. I mean, that's the design, I guess. But he, he to me, that figure—if you stood them both next to each other—they would look amazing together. Well, yeah. I mean, the, I think it's better. I think it's a better figure. Well, of course it's a better figure. That other figure is 30 years old. I don't want to offend your your ancient Marvel Legends sensibilities, but um, yeah, the head sculpt is the hair. I mean, I, I kind of want to borrow his hair. <laughs> it's really good. It's so good. It, but it, you know what's also interesting? And someone else posted a um, this in like the Marvel Legends group on Facebook, the big one, um, that it reminds them of Angel. Uh, so if you if you are a, not a huge Havoc fan and are a Polaris fan or whatever, want the pack and don't care about the Havoc figure for some reason, you could use the head for an Angel custom. It's actually pretty appropriate. Um, the only annoying thing is that just like Cyclops, the, the Jim Lee Cyclops, the bands on his legs are all, they move, they're not fixed. Um, mine stay in place pretty well, but a friend of mine also found the pack and ended up uh just popping the legs apart and crazy gluing the bands and then letting them dry and then putting it back together he's like i can't deal with the moving bands anymore like just put them in place put some glue and make them stay i was like i guess you know i guess that's fine (laughs) i mean it's good if you're if you're a customizer it's great because you don't have to you know deal with glue but um yep but you know and they're the same exact bands as that as that Cyclops figure, which is actually kind of an interesting. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, they're brothers. They do that stuff, you know, so that you can customize and do whatever you want. That's why they don't glue them into place all the time. Uh, Also, they're lazy. That's the generous. They're also lazy. (laughs) They're also terribly lazy and cheap. 
But you yeah, know what? You cheap. got a Havoc and Polaris from the 90s that we never should have gotten, so that's pretty exciting. Wait, what? We probably never should have got those figures. I mean, those are not high on the list of figures we needed to have. I would oh, have I think I would have did. preferred no. a classic no, Havoc I think... at over 90s ridiculous Havoc. And I don't think we um, needed that Polaris. Uh, you know, that's just me. What do I know? I think we needed these. I think having those, because the prime market right now, at least from the adult collectors, is, is people that grew up with those those comics. And I think people needed those, especially since we have parts of the team already. Like with, for X-Factor, we just need a uh, strong guy, which is coming, and a proper Wolfsbane, which I think is coming as well. Because this Polaris buck, at least the, the upper torso and the lower torso, uh, are absolutely fine for a Wolfsbane custom. They just she just needs new legs. She could use the feet too, actually. Um, and uh, there's a YouTube channel, and I can't, I'm I'm going to get so roasted for this that I cannot remember. It's called Triangular, I think. He does a lot of Marvel Legends um, predictions and rumor collection, much like I used to do for Masters Classics. Um, and he'll give hints about what's coming uh, by posting a picture. Like, he won't actually talk about it. He'll be talking about something else, and then all of a sudden there'll be a picture of a figure, and you'll be like, what? And then nine times out of ten, that figure ends up coming out pretty soon after that, um, or announced pretty soon after that. Um, and in this last episode, he posted the Wolfsbane figure, uh, the card, the 90s collector card, in her X-Factor costume, so... That would be nice. Well, isn't I, uh, he special? Quite. <laughs> isn't he the most special person? Oh my gosh. <laughs> or he's like someone who works there, or he's, you know, it's part of the marketing, which to me would be. I would imagine, having worked the, in that marketing slash cast slash commercial industry, that it's part of mm, the, it's part of the marketing. Yeah, I mean, I just I think that would be smart of them. Because they get feedback, and it's like, oh, oh we yeah. hate this, and then they go, oh well, I guess we shouldn't do that version of domino first yep we did but they did anyway what what are you gonna do well what other toys came into your life uh in the last couple of weeks what else did i get um marvel legends nothing um i again the recurring theme of repopulating my toy cabinets with toys that uh have been in storage because of the lead exodus um my i brought a whole bunch of master's classics back uh to, to over to the new apartment um some of the highlights for me are huntara from the uh she cartoon um however i lost one of her cyber uh or uh, uh lightsaber type swords she ca- she came with these two really fantastic but very small um laser swords and i had them both and i thought don't lose these while i was putting them in the little bag um, that I was keeping closed in the storage, like tiny bag for just the accessories. Oh and it's my. gone. I mean, it's probably here. It's just so thin that it, you know, it Well, good luck replacing that. How much is that figure on eBay now? She's actually not too bad. Um, and I have an extra. I just don't really want to open it. Um, oh, well, then who cares? You have an extra, who cares? Yeah, but I don't want to open it just for the one sword. Well, who needs the two swords on display? Just use the one sword. Who cares? Uh, yeah, but I'll know, and it's like, it's I understand. Wrong. 
Trust me, I understand. When I was a little kid, it's not right. when I got my brand new Generation 1 Optimus Prime, I was playing with him outside on our deck, and those little tiny fists popped off, and one of them went under the deck, and I could oh. never, ever get it back. You didn't find a way to climb underneath? No, it was sort of built in, and we'd have to tear the whole thing up to get it. So? So it didn't happen, and it's probably still there to this That's day. That's the worst. That's like you know so where it is. my Optimus you know Prime Gen 1 up. had one fist until Ultra Magnus came out, and then he had the white fist. <laughs> so it was pretty I'm sad. It's, it's funny now. <laughs> it's not then. Not then, but luckily that was a terrible toy, and it didn't look anything like Optimus Prime, so it's totally fine. Uh, those were terrible. Most of those Generation 1 toys are terrible. Sorry, all oh, you Generation 1 people out there. On. Those toys suck. I collected them all, and I they don't collect did them not. now because they Just suck. Just because you don't like them doesn't mean they're bad. Well, speaking of that, speaking of that, I do want to take a moment, a special moment here on Each Sold Separately... <laughs> To apologize to one of our <laughs> listeners. Now, one of our listeners got upset with something uh, that I said, and I do want to apologize. And no, it's not the Australians. They don't care. <laughs> I wanted to apologize to our, our good friend, Ricky. Uh, Ricky of the show, you're out there. We love you. You've done so many wonderful things for your friend, Brian Charles Rooney, and some very nice things for me. And so I wanted to apologize for talking so much crap about that Emma Frost figure, even though she's a terrible piece of junk. <laughs> I feel really horrible and bad about the terrible things I've said on this podcast about that Emma Frost, and I'm very happy that, that we, well, not me, because it's a terrible figure, but that a lot of people were able to get some sort of Emma Frost. Oh, my God. But, you know, it's still a terrible figure. I saw three or four of them yesterday, and they're starting to collect dust on the shelves because people pick them up, look at them, and go, well... well why do I need uh, a drag queen figure that's not Tim Curry? I don't know. <laughs> and I love drag see, okay. as much as the next man. Yes. But, but I, 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 see, that I figure that too. diddly ucks. I think uh, it's that she only looks worth like a drag. It. It's only worth it for that other head, but I'm not paying $19.99 for a head. It ain't going to happen. Oh, so you've I, paid less I, for that. I, anyway. I, I am going to put my, you know, take the foot out of my mouth, apologize to Ricky, and I hope you enjoy that plastic piece of crap. <laughs> See, a side note, um, Ricky is an authority on Wonder Woman, like a major one, and I really want to do a Wonder Woman episode, so he's going to now have to be a guest on the show, and that's going to be real fun. I'm excited for me. to have him on the guest, because we're not talking about Emma Frost, and, <laughs> and if we were doing, I was thinking about if we did a bottom ten Marvel Legends uh, figure yes. list, that four of them would be all of the Emma Frost that have been released so far. <laughs> Yeah, well, because there's been four. There was a, the original Toy yeah. Biz one, and then the Toys R Us Clear Toy Biz uh, Toy Biz one, and then there was the uh, the one with the crappy body that you're making your custom out of, and then there's the yeah. new one. So there's been four, and those four would all make my bottom ten list. Wait, what was the first one? The first one was Toy Biz made one off of that bad Scarlet Witch body, the weird oh, skinny right, crappy right, body, right. but she did come with a cape, so you should probably get that cape. Because you yes. can get it for cheap on eBay, because she's a piece of junk. And then they re-released it as a Toys R Us exclusive, like a right. clear, frosty variant. Right. And, I remember those, um, were, those were peg warmer. Yes. They were, I'm like, they, were, they were. I think they used them as toilet paper eventually at all the Toys R yeah, Us stores. <laughs> those were, those, nobody bought that figure. 
yes, or the silver Wolverine or whatever yes. it was. What is there the was point? The... Yes, they spray painted Wolverine silver. Here it I am. Is so bad. Like, it was like a wall, giant wall at the Times Square Toys R Us, Ugh, just so clear terrible. across the net. And I didn't know who she was really at the time. Like I was aware of her because obviously I collected X Men comics and read comics, but I didn't. I wasn't. She wasn't really present in in X Men stories when I was super into it. She um, was huge. She when had, I was a little kid, she was huge character. Right. That's why I hate on all the figures we've gotten, because I really want a great one. I want a great white right. figure. I want a Hellfire Club box set. I yes. want something awesome, because those were huge back in my back in my day. I, I, those well, were I a think, big deal. I think that's coming, because it's been rumored for a while, and they're definitely infusing the new comics with Hellfire Club characters, and, and Emma's being set up either to... You know, I, I don't know what's going on with her. There's something, there's something big coming with that character. They just, they keep alluding to, she knows something. She's, you know, and, and I, I don't know, I, I, I don't know if people out there are reading Red House of X and Powers of X, but there, there's something weird about Charles, and there's something weird about Magneto, and I think Magneto knows what, what's weird about Charles, and I, I don't know. And uh, Ricky uh, and I had been talking about it, and he mentioned that it could be that Charles is Cassandra Nova and that would make sense. There's something, there's something wrong. So I think, um, you know, and whoever the mysterious red King ends up being in that third chair for, uh, the, the council that's set up. If you have no idea what I'm talking about, I don't have any idea. I have no idea what you're talking about. Oh, you have to read them. They're good. Um, and I'm sure they'll be in trade like in five minutes, uh, trade paperback five minutes from now. Um, um, well, what else I got in my house was I finally yes. got my third Danny Moonstar so I could make all three figures, even though uh, Wolfsbane's head does not fare very well on that body. Mm. It looks very strange, but they do all look really cool together. Uh, I don't have anybody's head that's good to make a magma sort of custom. I don't really have a mm -hmm. good head for that. The best head I could find was Mockingbird. That one actually looks pretty good, but yeah. you know, I want to keep my Mockingbird a Mockingbird. Right. But I did find an extra Danny Moonstar um, that I was going to give to a local friend here. So I do have one extra Danny Moonstar. So if anybody out there wants to kiss my butt uh, for a Danny <laughs> Moonstar. And That's not going to happen. Yes, and trade their entire Masters Classics collection for this Danny <laughs> for Moonstar. Us, then we for can that ultra-rare Danny Moonstar figure. <laughs> um, no, I have to say, I'm a little nervous about the fact that there were shipments recently to... I mean, I, I know there are still people that haven't seen either Emma or Danny uh, in the store. A lot we of people have We call them haven't. losers. No, they, they're unfor poor, unfortunate souls. Oh, I'm sorry. We um, call those people they, from Ohio. That's possible. Um, yeah, there are a lot of people out there not, not seeing those, partly because of the distribution and partly because there are still 50 billion magic figures and or daredevil yellow costume figures sitting on shelves in walgreens hey, hey i need 12 more of those daredevils and i need them yeah now. okay I need well them right you come now. to new york city because every every duane reed pharmacy which is the uh pharmacy that walgreens bought and every walgreens proper has about at least 10 of them well great uh, well start gathering up for me at 19.99 a pop because i want them <laughs> right. all really badly exactly <laughs> I want them all you have an terribly. Army. They're terribly. I want them all so terribly. Yes. But I think that um, might be that might be the only toys I got recently. I think that's it. I'm a little nervous though. My point is that I'm a little nervous about 
those two becoming peg warmers. I mean, I don't not I don't so much Danny because you can make uh, that's Emma, an army builder. Emma's gonna be a uh, Emma will be a peg warmer. I'm sorry yeah. to say she sort of already is here. Really, um, I can get one at every uh, store right now. She's already she's a not peg here. warmer here. Well, I would imagine in New York. I mean, you guys have your population so much larger, but right. everyone that had everyone that wants one has one here. Right. The rest are just sitting there because it's not a classic version. It's not something uh, uh, somebody from it's going to go, oh. No. Whoa, not it's old Emma all. Frost. How cool. They're going to go, why is this person in drag as Emma Frost? How right. weird. Because <laughs> so when I look at the figure, I see the Goblin Queen from the 1990s. Okay, right. I see Madeline Pryor as the Goblin Queen to go with right. Mr. Sinister. I don't see Emma Frost. Yeah, I mean, somebody on Instagram did a, or a, not on Instagram, on the Marvel Legends Facebook group, the big, huge one uh, that most people on here who are interested in Marvel Legends are probably already members of, um, made a Goblin Queen custom uh, kit bash kind of thing out of that. Um, and the coolest thing was that they made a the cape out of the of that that janky Emma Frost. Um, from Toys R Us, uh, they used that cape, repainted it black with an, uh, you know, the salmon-y rose color inside. The, and then the cape found is a, fine. Yeah, they, they found a rose, a plastic rose from something, and I have no idea. And they won't say where it's from, which is really annoying because I really want to make Who the does same thing. that? Who I, doesn't tell I people know. stuff where it's from? I know. If um, you're listening to this podcast, I hate you. Whoever uh, you are, I hate you. This is terrible. And I hope um, it's one of my best friends because I hate you. <laughs> they Who put the rose cares? on the clasp and it looks, Who cares? It looks really Tell cool. Tell people where you got it. Who okay, cares? Okay. It's you, Meditation. Brian Charles Rooney. You're not telling people. It's yes, you. it's my custom, and I'm not going to tell anybody. You. you son of a... You it is little, not mine. <laughs> you not little mine. craphead. No. Oh, my God. Nah, it's you're too mine. busy. You're too busy singing, singing, singing everywhere to do stuff like that. Singing Barbara Streisand songs, which That's is what right. I'm cramming. <laughs> I'm cramming on right now because of doing a concert of... Not my, not by myself, but um, Bar- Barbara Streisand songs. I, I that's hilarious. Well, I actually I, um, mm. wanted to ask you a question and do Just, a quick two-minute interview if you're interested. Oh, sure. Because um, I don't know. I mean, some people that listen to us know who we are and have met us before. Some people have not. And I that's didn't true. know if people would be curious about who we are and what we actually do. And we don't have to get long-winded about it. But I thought it might be interesting uh, to talk for the next 45 minutes about me and then the two minutes after that about you. Great. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. The <laughs> But just do a quick interview of, like, who are you? What do you do? Like, what do you do for a living? Like, what is you're outside the toys. What do you do with your time? Mine's mostly toys, so everything else mm-hmm. is secondary to the toys. But... <laughs> What is it? What, what, do, you, what do you what do? Isn't secondary to toys. What is it? Right, exactly. I mean, my life the outside the toys is to pay for toys. That's my lifestyle. <laughs> the uh, but that's that's it in a nutshell. But what do you do? Like, what's your what's your gig, Brian Charles Rooney? What do you do? Uh, what do I do? Those of us that um, don't don't know, what is it that you actually do? I make people laugh and I make people cry by doing what? Um. Talking to them about Masters of the Universe? That's, is that Probably, what it is? Yeah. yeah. No, I am, I am a professional actor and singer. I have been working on and off Broadway for a good number of years. I In New York, obviously. Um, I do... Uh, which means I do a lot of uh, new shows. I, that's, that's my focus. I don't, um, I don't focus on going in and out of shows that are already running. 
um, a lot of people do that, and it's really fantastic for them because you can earn quite a good living doing that. But I have never been interested in that. I've always been interested in creating new roles and doing new work. And that has been artistically fulfilling and financially challenging sometimes. So to make up for that, I have um, built a pretty sizable resume as a concert artist, and I do a lot of concerts uh, here in town and around the country. Um, I've also started getting into voiceover for animation. Um, not, I haven't done a lot of any anything huge, um, but it is a fun and interesting part of the business for sure. It's very different. It is and, very different. Um, that was actually yeah. my, my first job in the business was helping record those voices, which always was a lot of fun. Right. It's a lot more exhausting than singing, even though uh, I have done musicals where I've sung the entire show and been, you know, a lead who has had a ton of material to do in the show. It's it's actually, I find it more exhausting doing characters for animation than singing, I guess, because there's a lot more strain and stress and tension depending on who you're creating. Yep. Um, you know, if, if you're talking like this for about 25 minutes, it's a lot more difficult. Yeah, very than, painful, very painful. You know, singing, which is, if you're doing it correctly, relaxing. Um, that's, that's a big difference. Um, I live in New York. I uh, live on the Upper West Side near Lincoln Center. Whoa, whoa. Is, um, a really nice area to, to live in if you want to be connected to the Midtown area and theater, but you don't want to live in the stress of that because Times Square and Midtown yeah, are it's crazy. intense and they don't really shut down. Um, and if you, you know, and you, but I can walk there if I want. I walk a lot. A lot of people take cabs here. I, I find that I get places a lot more quickly if I walk. Um, and then obviously we have a pretty decent subway system. Although <laughs> lately, there have been many, especially Manhattanites, who are ready to take to the streets uh, with torches and build a barricade around the mayor's mansion uh, <laughs> until until they fix the subways and make them run like they used to. Um, I live near Central Park. I bike Central Park. There's this thing called the Central Park Loop. It is almost six miles, and I... Uh, uh, for those Masters Classics fans out there, I would say every year that there was a question whether or not the subscription was going to pass, I would go bike that loop until we knew it was going to pass, like the, the last day. And I would, it was like, it would be like midnight or close to one in the morning Eastern time, and, and I would know. And then I would go home. Because I just, I needed to like ex expend the energy. I, I couldn't deal. Wow, you're a um, real, you're a real nerd. <clears throat> oh, yes. Especially when it comes to that that uh oh, man that's that property funny. and that's the and, nerdiest know, thing you've ever said just then oh totally um the other thing about being a New Yorker is that there's not a ton of space even if you have you know a large apartment you still have to kind of you be, be be creative and as some of you who've listened know we moved we used to have a pretty large place and we had to move because we had lead paint and there were some other issues with the building and um. Our new place is fantastic. It's just smaller, and we haven't actually cared all that much about that. However, <laughs> I no longer have a toy room. So all of that stuff went into a larger storage unit, which has been good and bad. It was kind of a cool wake-up call about how much stuff I have. 
Um, and I say cool just because it made me realize what I really value in my collection and what I don't necessarily value anymore uh, or what I've grown out of. And yeah, that has sure. been... I've done that many times over the years, many times. Yeah, you know, and, and having a purge is, is not a bad thing. Um, not can, in the slightest. Not it can be slightest. kind of fun and certainly liberating and relaxing because if you have a lot of stuff and a lot of our listeners do, yep. you know how stressful it can be if it's not well organized and it's yep. on top of you. Yes. I mean, I don't, have you ever seen that? Like, there are people that post pictures like, this is my collection and it's just, and it's just it's boxes a hoarder's are room. Cry. It's a hoarder's room. And I'm like, why <laughs> don't you set these up? Like, yes! what are you doing? My friend it, would Eric, look, it would look fine if you said, take a cup one week and set them up. Like, what yeah, is the problem? I have yeah, more take, toys than those people and right. it looks fine because they're set up. Well, that's the thing. Like, yeah. and these are, I have my friend who, who can absolutely afford to buy some shelving. And he's like, yeah, I just can't, I just never get around to it. I'm like, that, how are you enjoying any of that that's stuff? The it's thing awesome. Is, but if you you're a toy boxing. collector, you want to spend time with your toys. Most of my time not at work is in my toy room. If really? my wife isn't home and she's at work, most of my time is in my toy room. That's where my mm. office is. That's where we record oh, well, this that's podcast. Okay. That's where I do all of my work. But it's also, that's where I put the office on purpose. That's a smart idea, actually. Because it's the I... place that makes me happy. It's the place that I want to be. It has all the things that I enjoy. Yeah. And I and like I've talked about many times on this podcast, my, my toy collection used to be so much larger than this. Well, and, and I've for still got a ton. Aren't, yeah. For people who aren't looking at the video that I'm seeing right now, <laughs> you'll, you'll roll your eyes. Um, because it's... His toy room's ridiculous. And I've, I've posted stuff with my toy room, and I'll post one on our thing sometime. But the, you know, I have a very large toy collection, but it's not as large as it used to be. And half of it used to live in storage, like Brian Charles Rooney's right now. And mm -hmm. that always upset me because when I lived in Los Angeles, we lived in a really big house when we first moved there for the first five years. And then I moved to smaller places, like tiny, like five, 600 square feet after that. And I lived in great places. I lived in West Hollywood right off of Santa Monica Boulevard, and it was great. And, and But I did eventually, I only had one bedroom, and the person I would live with at the time, we just decided to make the living room a studio and put our bed in there, and then we made the bedroom a toy room because that's how many toys <laughs> I had. It was unruly. That's fun. And so we made it a toy room. Luckily, my wife now... We have a two-bedroom house right now, and she gave me the biggest room to be the toy room. And uh, so that was really nice. Slash office. Slash office, uh, but barely an office. I mean, it has toys all over this desk. But, well, but <laughs> barely. It's, still, it's still a work barely. room. It's still a work room. We still use it for work. We use I, you know, I do a lot of um, teaching and things, and we'll talk about that in a minute. But the right. I do a lot of work in here, but most of the work I do is playing with toys. Let's just be honest. <laughs> I mine was the, in the last place was kind of a, was a workroom as well. I would go in there, you know, to study uh, scripts or you know, learn music. Um, I would also use it as a recording booth if I had an audition for something I had to send in because I was able to pad the walls a bit where they weren't covered with toy cabinets. Um, and uh, <laughs> you, you had know. a free wall. That's amazing. A door, <laughs> honestly. Well, and one one side was a, was free where I hung uh, art, like a, a animation cells. I had a two cork boards where, which are still intact. They're just sitting in storage. Um, and I, you know what? I probably should hang them on the wall in storage and just make that place uh, like the away. Mm, really not a terrible away idea. Pod, uh, you know, it's probably not uh, toy, a terrible idea. Room. I no, actually I, know. I do know people 
that set up toy rooms and storage units. Interesting. Where they set up all of the shelves inside the storage unit because there's, they just can't have it at their house, which is horrible. Yeah. But they I'm go scared. to the storage unit, close the door, and it's their toy room. I'm I, scared you to know, do that. I, I, I don't know. I, I feel like you don't know what's in the next room, first oh. of all. And you don't know what's crawling around to that place well, when you're not there. Yeah, but here's the thing. That's anywhere. I mean, there's there's crap crawling around. Who the heck knows where? All, I live that's in Florida. True. I mean, there's crap everywhere. That's true, I guess. So you're, um, so you're a little, you're a singer, and you pay for toys. I'm an by, actor who I'm sorry, sings. you're an actor who sings. I'll yes. stop rolling my eyes. Just well, that, no, that's an interesting thing, because I feel, I feel like, are like are you an Those actor, are you a singer? And it's like, well, singing is acting. It's just using your voice a certain way, just like voiceover is, or character voices, or, or right. like, you know, if you do classical acting, which is basically, you know, in a very succinct way, doing uh shakespeare johnson you know like it's stuff that was like written. singing yeah it's the same yeah it, it's it's rhythmic it's uh it, it's not necessarily on a you know a written pitch but it's it's just another way of using your voice to tell a story and Very that to so. me is all about being an actor or being a storyteller so i um even if you're a pop singer you're still telling a story you're still making people feel Very something true um and so it, you know, as a kid who grew up loving comics, loving cartoons, loving toys, and I, you know, I was constantly acting out stories with those things. It's not necessarily shocking to me that I ended up a storyteller, you know, professionally. And I, oh, that's me too. I'm, I'm, I'm exactly know. the same way, and I ended up a director. So it's like, you know, it's the exact same thing. And I always did that with my toys as well. Right. <laughs> Except you sat there going, "Now move here and do it when this light changes, and when 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 you know when Donatello drops his, you know, no, I mean that, yeah, that that's, but that's that's for kids especially, and I'm seeing that now with my son, who's four. You, you um, kids use toys to kind of discover who they are and explore Very relationships, so. and he, he's. He's particularly into Toy Story right now, so I'm revisiting the older movies and and seeing the newer ones with him kind of all at once. And they're fantastic. I mean, I knew oh, they yeah. were fantastic, but they are really high quality. The supplemental kind of, there's a Halloween one that's really good. The people that wrote those and and drew them are just pop culture geniuses yeah I, I i don't mean to sound overblown but they're the no, references well, everyone already incredible and everybody knows this already everyone knows the the, the three toy story films the original trilogy are you know three of the top 10 films ever made i mean people know yeah this. and the original no, that, one is probably in the one, top 25 the last one the the, the third one before this fourth one, yeah. um, third one's where they're like devastating. It's devastating. Yes, the end where they're like going to be melting, and I went alone the first time I saw oh, it. Oh God, I was sitting no! In the back crying. Yeah, it was horrible. Full on losing my mind, sad and just devastated because it just hits you in so many ways, and it and it's so beautiful. Um, and what's and great about those really, guys? I haven't seen four yet. I didn't, good. didn't go out and see it. Um, it's good because I was a little upset that they made four because three was so perfect. They didn't need. We didn't need four because three was so good. Oh, I need. Oh, I. I'm glad they did. I'm glad they made it because it means more kids know what it is. 
No, no, no. Uh, that's just, fine with me you know, to keep the brand going. I, yeah. It's not for me. It's for your son and other people like that. It's not for me. Toy Story <laughs> 1 and 2 and 3 were for me. Right. But the other ones can be for other people, and I'm totally fine with that. Uh, speaking of movies, and we don't really talk about movies because we're a toy podcast, and I don't want to mm-hmm. be one of those podcasts that's like, we tackle all pop culture. Oh, listen to our pop culture thoughts from another nerd. Hmm. Um, I can't stand that crap. <laughs> But um, we talk about toys here because toys is far more important to me than anything else. But I did want to mention uh, there was a movie trailer that came out for this new Star Wars movie. And mm-hmm. it was so forgettable. And I watched it oh. last night. And it was so forgettable and terrible, just like the previous two films, that I was like, <gasps> why do I care? And why does? Oh, see, and this is a question I, I have uh, for you or anyone else okay. that still cares that about Star Wars, that still cares. Why do you care about that crap? And why do you I, get excited uh, when those, pardon my okay. French, shitty trailers come out, and they're still <laughs> shitty and stupid? Well, I will, I will and say this: I will say that, plot you know, lines that still don't make any sense and don't matter. And the only part right. of the trailer that hooked anybody in was C-3PO doesn't want to say goodbye to his friends. I mean, like, my problem, real quick, before you answer, is. They set out to make iconic moments, right? Moments they yes. could put on a on a poster. They did yes. not set out to tell a good story. Mm-hmm. And so these movies have been terrible. This is why I was nobody going to wants say that, to see so them let me or care. So answer, damn it. Ding, ding, ding. Um, Reigns needs a hug from C-3PO. No, Reigns um, needs a Star Wars break from well, bad Star Wars movies. No, well, that, no, but that's part of my answer. First of all, we've been oversaturated with it. And in I will say this, the solo movie I thought was a fantastic Star Wars movie. I liked it and Rogue One it. was great. I and Rogue One was great. Everyone in it was great. I I enjoyed the guy playing Han Solo. I think he yep. did a great job. I don't Me care too. what anyone says. Um, Rogue One was I, I it was good. I don't think it was great. I think it was good. Um and I liked uh, The Force Awakens quite a bit. They set things up that were really interesting. They put things in that weren't explained, that made you wonder, that intro. Um, I really liked the character of Rey. I liked the character of Finn in that movie. I don't anymore. I wasn't sure what to do with the character of Poe in that movie, and now I'm even less sure. But my theory, and, it, and I think a lot of friends of mine you know, who, who've talked about this, or even argued about it because I was adamant that this is what they were setting up. Um, in that first movie, uh, you have an interaction between Finn and Poe, uh, that suggests that there's some kind of chemistry there. And later we found out from the cast that there was going to be, you know, a gay relationship that was going to be explored. That never happened. And I think Disney probably flipped out because the reaction to the first movie, and and this is something that I discussed with my friend Julian, who's a a director and a writer in Hollywood. Uh, They probably flipped out because there were a lot of reactions. There was a lead female character, you know, which is, to me, a non, it's nothing. Like, it's fantastic. It was nothing. She was the only one in the movie worth watching. Right. I mean, that, that, at least in the, as well, the thing has gone on. Her and BB-8. Those are the <clears throat> only two characters worth watching. You know, I, I, 
I think that there was a problem. I think changing directors, I, thought, I think you had Ryan Johnson come in and change what J.J. Abrams was doing because he either A, didn't like it, or B, just wanted to make it different because that's a big trend in, in show business, people trying to make it their own instead yeah. of taking what's good already. Yeah, it's, and a, bad, it's a bad trend. Making I talk it about a little this, better. Yeah, when I yeah. teach directing, I talk about this a lot, is it's not about you, it's about the story. It's not. Right. I, don't, I don't care what your directorial stamp is. Or your concept, right? And no one else is going to care either. And nobody cares. It's a, that's a jerk off session. Tell no. the story. Tell a compelling <laughs> exactly. story. Empire Strikes Back well, is good because it's a compelling. They'd story. argue. They'd argue. Oh, well, I am. I'm telling a better story. It's like no, actually, you're not. If the thing was successful enough and people and it made a certain amount of money and people went back to see it multiple times, then it was fine. Continue with that with that trajectory. So you have. A director starting a trilogy and ending, because it is its own trilogy, starting a trilogy and ending a trilogy with this guy who comes in in the middle and screwed it all up. And I really do think that that's what happened. I think everybody had certain ideas about where those stories were going, and they were probably correct, because in this day and age, because of social media, everyone's guesses are a lot more acutely correct than yes. they may have been 35 oh, yeah. years ago. Oh, yeah. So, and, but who cares? Who cares if she's Luke's son or no, daughter or no, whatever it doesn't she is, matter. or if she's the reincarnation of Anakin or whoever she ends up being? It's okay to guess that that's right. Disney doesn't need to change that, or Ryan Johnson doesn't need to change that because they don't want people to know. It's fine. And and having if Poe and and I'm sorry, the end of that movie, he gives him his jacket. Like that's a that's an that's an old trope. That means that you are into that person. And that was going to happen. And as you know, and I don't mean to get on the soapbox, but I that has to continue to happen because the only reason people think other than religious reasons, the only reason people carry around any sort of idea that it's weird or strange to be gay is because there's no example for those for straight or gay people or anybody in between of, of that type of stuff just happening without comment. Yep. And, and for them to change that is so chicken shit. And, I, and we don't know if that's what happened. But I'm pretty sure it was. Because the whole second movie is a mess. It's a mess. They separate all the characters. They're not together. Another friend of mine mentioned that. He, and I thought it was a really interesting point. That you have the second movie in, that tr- in this new trilogy where each character has a, fo- a different focus. And it's like, well, they didn't, they didn't bond in this movie. We didn't see them grow together. So why did we start out with them together? And because they're coming, it's not about them coming mm-hmm. back together. It's about the end of this saga. So what about their relationships is furthering the original story? Otherwise, it's just its own trilogy on its own completely. And they just happen to be tangentially related to these characters from the originals that we love. I th- and that, yeah. that's bothered me a bit. Oh, I, yeah. I, you know, well, the original I, the, the, the Rose character, yeah. for example, yeah. like she's cl- and that's another reason why I thought this is bullcrap. Like she's it's not and I don't think it's that actress's fault. It's just it was bad. She's badly written. She's she's a a, 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 a plot device. And it was a plot device to make sure that we didn't get it wrong, that Finn is not gay and not interested in Poe. And, and frankly, it didn't work. Um, I because I, I, they don't end up, you know together which is good because it would have been stupid even more stupid oh yeah you know and 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 another thing in that second movie that i would have loved is that if finn had died 
you know, I don't, I guess everyone now, it's not a spoiler, but you know, he, he, he goes to crash his, his uh, X-Wing or whatever they were flying. And if he was even flying an X-Wing into that, into that ship and she pushes him out of the way. It wasn't an X-Wing. It was one of those things that drags the dirt. Um, and I'm like, what are you doing? That would have been the most noble death. Oh my God, he saved everybody. He mm-hmm. saved Leia and and you know and and the rest of those people. That's amazing. And that hadn't happened. N- nobody like the closest we got was Dahan giving himself away to you know to Jabba so they could leave. Like I, you know I I I don't know. I don't know why that couldn't have happened. That would have been great. Because it's bad so, storytelling. I, it I, is. I, I, I'm, a, I'm a professor. I teach this stuff, and it's and I've worked in the business, and it is bad storytelling. Mm-hmm. It's bad storytelling. And yeah. it's not... People want relationships. The reason we love the original films and the reason that, that Luke and we care about Han to this day is because they developed wonderful relationships in those early films, despite, yeah. George, despite George Lucas. Right, They exactly. de- developed really great relationships. And even the, you know, prequel movies, which are a million times better than these pieces of junk. The prequels are actually semi-watchable. They're not super watchable, but they're semi-watchable compared to these films. These films I think the acting is better in these. In these the acting, the acting is, a lot better is better. The acting is terrible in that film because he was doing everything as, you know, he was cutting together takes of the, whatever the, he thought the actor's best take was and cutting right. it together with another instead of having, like, organic takes right he was cutting together weird stuff digitally and it makes the film feel really stilted and stiff and cold yeah, yeah you can ruin they, a really good least, performance with oh, bad yeah, editing with for bad sure. editing but at least they were trying to develop relationship they right. at least tried to have natalie portman and anakin have a relationship like at least try and develop one and show right. scenes of relationship it's not great it's not good filmmaking but they at least tried and these ones, I just don't even feel like they tried because they're too busy, like I said, trying yeah. to create iconic-looking moments that would look cool on a poster instead of telling a cool story. If you're right. telling every time I direct a show and it comes out really well and somebody comes and photographs it, I never have them pose. They photograph while the performance is happening. And you usually get some pretty great photos out of that. I'm sure when you get a great photo of yourself in action, it's because yes, you were feeling something. Yes, it was important. they're always much better than. It's a, so much better than a, a pose, picture. right? It's the worst. So when it comes like, so so good things come out of you know action and come out of you know really telling the story. Mm-hmm. And this doesn't happen. So I'm off my soapbox. We talked about that for 15 minutes. We don't need to. Who cares? <laughs> Well, no, but I didn't say why I was excited <sighs> for the new trailer. Oh, I am excited God. for it a little bit because no. I want to see if J.J. Abrams is able to somehow pull off the biggest, the biggest, um, I don't even know what you'd call it, the biggest uh, scam, maybe? Uh, 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 triumph of all? Uh, I don't know. And and tie this all up and make, it, make you go and somehow make a puzzle out of pieces that don't fit together. And you go, oh my god! And then all the, but you'd need five hours. And you'd I, need, I don't know how that and you'd need better storytellers because even J.J. Yeah. Abrams, who's one of our modern storytellers, has been selling scripts since he was in college. Right. Um, he's only made one good movie, and it's called Star Trek: The Remake. Okay. Oh, I love. Yeah, that's I love the that only movie. good movie he's ever made, and it's only half a good movie because most of the casting is bad. Oh. Um, but think so? there's but half of it's really great. Half of it's forced, 
but the other half is fantastic. So it's one of those movies that comes out in the end really great, but when you rewatch, you're like, "Nah, there's some bad casting here." Um, Who did you think was badly cast in that movie? Zachary Quinto's horrible Um, as Spock. Terrible, horrible Um, choice because all the other characters are great. I'm not a huge fan of his work, actually, and I know that's an unpopular opinion. Of normally, understand why he's terrible. But I actually liked him in that movie. Sorry, Zach. I know you. We have mutual friends. I apologize, but the. but, you know, whatever. But that's his one good movie. Name me another J.J. Abrams movie. Anyone, name me a good J.J. Abrams movie. Name me one. Um, Anybody. Um, you don't need to look um, it up. Just This is a challenge no, to our listeners. Name me oh, one good J.J. Abrams movie that holds up over time that you would go watch right now. One, besides that Star Trek film. Anything? We will post a picture of J.J. Abrams on our Instagram. <laughs> you can post there. I mean, seriously, tell me one movie that's worth going back to besides that Star Trek movie. And I've been watching his movies. Even the one, the ones he wrote are a little bit better. But the ones that he's directed, tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me. I'm yes, curious. Super 8 was bad. Um, yes. Crap. I mean, that Cloverfield, is Cloverfield movie. was like weirdly anticlimactic. Yes. Like the, I didn't even but see the second one. Would you ever but... click on it on Netflix? Would you ever <clears throat> click on it and go, ooh, let's watch Cloverfield? No, you would never, ever, ever, ever. I liked the Mission Impossible movies. Some of those are okay, but, you know, are they rewatchable? I've actually, I've Have you rewatched any of them? Have you, like, gone back and oh, said, no. oh, it's time to. No. Re- no, you saw it at the theater and it was it. You never. There's no. I don't consider it a good movie if you don't go back and rewatch it. Because um, I like those Mission Impossible movies too. They're fun, popcorn, cheesy, crapola, toilet God, paper. God, he's been working forever. Yeah, he's been doing stuff since the late 80s, since he was in college. But, um, see, you're going through the list and you can't find nothing. No, I mean, there's stuff that I've seen, but I wouldn't <laughs> sure, say that I like them. You've probably them. seen a lot of it. I've seen a lot of it. Diabolique. <laughs> oh, Lord. Uh, yeah. Horrible. Um, Anyways, this is a toy podcast. Um, it's turned into a film one. It turned into one. You, I don't know how you've it, become but, your own worst nightmare. But so Brian Charles Rooney is a uh, he's an actor, a singer, a performer. He does all kinds of yeah. stuff all over. I also am trained as an actor. Um, I am now a professor of theater. I have a you know a degree in directing and theater and all kinds of things. And I worked in Hollywood for a long time, uh, working in casting and stuff. But now I am now I'm a professor. And I teach at a couple of colleges, and uh, it's a lot of fun, and I really enjoy um, what I do. Right now, I'm actually doing a play called Toothless with 6th um, to ninth graders. And it's about a non-binary person who has been ousted sort of in their family. They're the black sheep of the family, and they happen to meet up with a vampire who is also the black sheep of their family because the vampire does not have fangs, has not grown fangs. And so it's these two black sheep having a misadventure and going to a science fair and ruining things. Why they gotta be black? And Right? But they... Um, More on that later. It's about... It's just like Brian Charles Rooney said, the play, I when I was on the radio the other day here locally on the radio talking about it, and... One of the questions they had was, you know, because the character's non-binary, uh, if that it's an issue play. I said, actually, it's just a play that has characters in it. Mm-hmm. One of them happens to be a vampire with no teeth, and one happens to be non-binary. And the reason you do that is to normalize things. You just show mm-hmm. people in stories. And we had the first weekend, we had somebody show up with their child... And that child is non-binary. Mm-hmm. 
And um, they were incredibly inf affected by the play, that they had representation on stage. And they saw it two times in a row and are coming back to see it again this weekend. And, and they made sure to tell me what a huge deal it was for their family that their child had representation in some sort of entertainment, even in just a little play locally. Mm -hmm. And that what a big and, deal that was. It is a big deal. We've talked about that a little yeah, bit. Yeah, we have. Um, I, I don't know. I, it's so I, lately in my work, um, you know, you, you, you start rehearsal for a new show and they, you usually the first day they have everybody stand in the room from the cast to the director, to the designers, to the producers, and everyone introduces themselves and you say who you are. And depending on the group or what, what's asked, you say what you're playing or what your role is in the show or otherwise. And, and then they ask you like, what's your favorite show? What's your favorite memory of working or whatever and the last two were what are the pronouns that you want to be that you want people yeah. to use for you and in both cases i had an anxiety attack not like a, a real one but i was immediately uncomfortable and it reminded me of when i would feel like a kid or feel like a kid when i was a kid and i would feel i would feel similarly when i would think about having to get married i didn't dread getting married i dreaded having to kiss the 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 wife my whoever was going to be my wife in front of people yeah and i don't i i didn't know at the time what that was and later i realized it was because i was gay and i didn't i guess you know and i'm not i mean this is a lot of personal information but you asked <laughs> you, know, you, you, you want to know about you know you want i do stuff. um I, I'm not, I would not say that I fall on the 100% gay side of the spectrum. Um, and that's even something that's hard for gay people to talk about because once you say that, it's like, oh, sure, bye now, gay later. But I, I, but I wouldn't say that I identify <laughs> I've as I've never bi. heard that before. I, right. <laughs> that's really I mean, funny. I, but I, you know, I've, I've dealt with that my whole life, uh, you know, and I've had, you know, certain interests and, and have have pursued some and have not others. And I think there are a lot of people who identify as any number of things who yes. have had that experience. But no one's allowed to really speak about it or no one's given an opportunity to speak about it. Yes. Similarly, as a child, I never felt like 100% like I could identify with a lot of the male role models that I saw. And I would gravitate to a lot of the more powerful female ones for a number of reasons, because perhaps they were having experiences that I felt I could relate to better, and there were not men in drawn or written or or in toy form that were all set up to have experiences that I might want to have or, or relate to. But I, you know, in the last couple of years, the term non-binary has come up and. It's. I said, you know, the first time I heard it was uh, a drag performer, Jinx Monsoon, talking about it. And, uh, and Jinx is, uh, was a, cat, a contestant and a winner on RuPaul's Drag Race. And drag is a different thing. When Drag is, is often conflated with, you know, sexuality and gender role. It's, it's an art form. It's like, it's a, yeah, if, that's if totally you really want to talk about it, it's a, it's, a ver it's a form of clown. 
and it and it, mm-hmm. it, it and and that is not derogatory. Clown is no, no, no. That to me, high art. To me, yeah, no, it comes from and, those traditions for sure. Yeah, and it and it and it can be used for any number of things, but it it, it you know to make people laugh or to make a statement or whatever. Um, but it, it, Jinx said it was hard to identify either way, and even to this day, like if I say you know I am a man with this type this type of issue or this type of problem or this type of belief. I I can't tell you that I feel 100% comfortable with that word. And I talk about it and I get really emotional about it. I had a really emotional experience at PowerCon because of, um, you know, dealing with our move and everything, but also because of the new she cartoon, there was a lot of talk about these issues and someone brought up having been a kid and not seeing examples of anything but traditional yep. as defined by you know our modern day definition of traditional uh examples of families and people and how that one of the characters having two dads without any sort of comment they were just these two parents who were quirky for reasons that had nothing to do with them being gay or in a gay relationship um was significant and important and um valuable and i I lost, I just, I started sobbing and I was in line to ask a question about something else. And I, I couldn't stop. And I, and my, my brain was Mm -hmm. all at once happy and all at once totally resentful and sad about the fact that I'd grown up this way and that I'd missed it by, you know, a couple decades. Yep. Um, But here's the thing. At least you can recognize it. At least you can uh, recognize that as a parent, which is really nice. At least you're not closed off to it. And here's the thing. I'm not trying to push any political agendas with my show that I'm doing or anything else. I'm a a straight white man. I'm technically the man. I'm a 44-year-old white man in America. I say this to my students all the time. I said, I'm the man. Literally, the man. Um, I'm, I'm the bad guy in culture, and that's fine with me. Um, and I am directing. Well, because this, you're not you know, a bad guy. Well, and sure, you're, but you and know you're what speaking I mean. about things that people want to hear about or need to hear about. And that was from the thing, somebody yeah. like you. Yeah, exactly. And that's what I said on the radio when I was like, you know, this is because I'm from a very red area, and that's totally fine. And I was saying, you know, this is where we should be doing plays like this, and mm-hmm. I think it's important for me as an artist to expose and provide an opportunity for everybody my next play happens to have disabled characters in it it doesn't matter that they're disabled right they just are happen to be disabled in the play so what who cares um but this one you know that parent had a tear coming out of their eye when they were telling me how important it was to their family right and i was like well it's just representation i had plenty of representation for me as a child but my parents also exposed me to going to see rocky horror every year since i was six and i was exposed to that lifestyle whatever that is right um and exposed to you know my 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 rocky horror is a lifestyle it is a lifestyle you're done right it is and I, every that, term, that you know, term, I always bristle, but I'm like, no, no it is Rocky a Horror is a lifestyle. lifestyle. <laughs> and, it's, and, and here's the thing, guys, it's my lifestyle. But the <laughs> my stepdad every year for Halloween dressed in drag. That was his thing. He loved dressing in drag. That's a lot of most of America. Oh, there are dressing a lot. Drag. There's plenty of that that happens that love who, dressing in drag, and that's fine. Yeah. I used to dress up in my mom's clothing when I was a little kid. Who cares? It didn't make me gay. Right. Everyone and, that and was worried about it. 
Right. Like, that's, I and that's to normal, try, and it helps. Yeah. It helps men. Um, you know, I think there's... it helps men who are end up being, you know, yeah. or, or straight men or whatever, or and are interested in women. Probably identify with women and, and empathize with women and relate to women better than if they hadn't. Well, the women because... in my life would probably say you're right, and that you know I've always been, you know, you know. Um... Always people say how well I treat others, and I've been given great compliments like, you're the least racist person I've ever met. You're the best two women that I've ever met. You mm -hmm. know, I, I've been given a lot of compliments like that, and it's not like I'm trying to push some sort of lifestyle choice agenda. My agenda, no, my agenda is well. buying, yes, my agenda is buying toys, okay? Everything else is a byproduct of that. I don't care. When I was a kid, Scarlet was one of my favorites, and I was always mm -hmm. mad that we never got a great Scarlet, okay? Because she was one of the main characters. Did I care about anything else? Not really. You were lucky. You were lucky you weren't harassed yeah. for that reason. You know, for that. Because yeah. I was harassed. You know why I was harassed? And I don't, I don't want to say this to be mean, but I was harassed by my mother for... Yeah. Scarlet being my favorite. That is not and an uncommon thing I've no, heard from people at it's all. It's not. It's especially if you grew up in the eighties and nineties. Yeah, like it, it was kind of long today. I mean, I, I was know. on tour with something in in the in the last fall, uh, some concerts, and stopped in a Walmart, and there was a kid like being berated by his mom for even looking in the girls' aisle. And I thought, yeah, I was like, I was rubber banded back to you know nineteen eighty eight or whatever, and I was like, this is this is. Bullshit. Excuse me. It my language, is because let me tell you, my, one of my favorite aisles is that Barbie aisle because yeah, there's so much fun. amazing stuff there. There's so much amazing. If you're a toy fan, the Barbie aisle is always fantastically cool. And to get back into talking about toys themselves, um, along with all of these things, we have both now told you what we do, how we feel about these things, but how do you afford your toy collection, Brian? This is something people ask me a lot is. <laughs> What is it that you have to sacrifice in order to be a collector? And we've only got about 10 minutes of this episode left because Brian Charles Rooney's got to go go sing Barbara Streisand, you know, uh, in a, in a non-binary, non-gay way. He's got to no, go sing Barbara I'm, Streisand. <laughs> in an unenthusiastic way. No, I'm kidding. No, no, I, I, I'll find a way to be enthusiastic about it. He's excited to have um, some work. But what do you – a lot of people ask me that question is – if it's a lifestyle mm -hmm. choice, which I think toy collecting is a lifestyle choice, it how is. do you how do you afford it? Um, or how I, do you make it affordable? I've been clever. Um, I, as we've discussed in the past, I have invested on in toys. You know, from since I was a kid, and some of those things I've sold. Uh, I've traded for things. I. You know, new money that I, I try not to spend a lot of new money on toys if I can help it. Uh, if I can't, then it is, you know, I don't go to, I don't, you know, I, I don't overspend on clothes. I have a lot of friends who spend a lot of money on clothing. Yeah, I don't either. I have nice clothing, but I don't spend, you know, I, I look for deals. I save um, and put away a certain amount of money for that. Um, I, I'm trying to think of what else I sacrifice, um, that I'm probably not even aware of, uh, cause we, you know, we'll take trips, you know, but they're usually to see family. Um, probably, 
Oh, I don't drink, so that's probably a big reason why I don't. I have I extra don't, money. I don't either. I've never been a drinker, done drugs, or any of that stuff. Smoke yeah, or any of that. Th- I've never done that either, and that actually saves that's a lot of money why. for toys. <laughs> and a lot of people I know that drink, they're spending one hundred fifty, two hundred dollars every weekend yes. on that crap. That's eight hundred dollars yes. a month. And my when I used to have a really good job, my former t- toy budget every month was nine hundred dollars a month that I could spend on toys because I don't have any kids. My so God. It's disposable income. And that's when I amassed a really large toy collection. Uh, Nowadays, sure. my budget is oh, much smaller than that. Because my wife is a teacher and I'm a professor, so it's much smaller than that. But, yeah, I mean, we sacrifice dinners. If something exciting comes mm-hmm. out, we'll get something cheap. Or we'll sure. eat soup. Or we'll... Not that we have to sacrifice those things. We can afford to eat. But, you know, sometimes we'll go... Maybe we won't go to Disney this weekend. Because those new toys right. came out. Right, right. Um, instead of, you know, uh, let's, you know, whatever takes, you know, do this special thing. We'll just say no and we'll get those toys. And my wife's really great about it because she understands that it's a, a very important thing to me. She understands that it's my peaceful place. It's the thing that I enjoy. It's my Zen garden. Mm-hmm. It's the thing I do to release my anxiety in the world. It's uh, the same Something for me, exactly. I can focus on and something I can enjoy. And at least it's not overly destructive sometimes it can be monetarily destructive but we try not to do that um i will get the alert that says no more toy spending there's those those alerts that happen (laughs) but um i have to be very picky and choosy nowadays about what i get sometimes we'll get a windfall of cash and we'll go crazy and buy two brachiosaurs or whatever right um but most of the time i have to i can't pick up whole waves at one time of course not. I have to buy well, and, a couple of figures, the ones that I think that are going to be the hardest to find, and then I right. wait for a clearance sale. Or well, most but those of the, happen, you know, so it's they not do unwise happen. to wait. No, you're right, and they do happen. You know, you don't want to get stuck and not have a figure like Rogue and have to pay seventy dollars for. Her. But here's my thing: when Rogue came out, why weren't you buying Rogue? It's Rogue. What is wrong uh, with you? Yeah, thank you. I that. It's like when Psylocke, because Psylocke's now commanding some money, too. It's like, why didn't you buy that figure when it came out? There's variants, a variant, too. What was your problem? I don't understand. I can understand why you didn't buy Paladin, and you didn't buy Doppelganger, and you didn't buy, you know, these other characters. That's fine. (laughs) But you didn't buy Psylocke, and you didn't buy Gambit, and you didn't buy Jubilee? Like, what are you doing with your life? Right. So bizarre. Um yeah i i money wise it it can be difficult you have to be creative i mean there are some people out there who don't have to be creative no and hey and Um, good for them and good for them i wish i I, love that trust me i wish i was them i wish i could just buy everything and i'd be that'd be great but i can't and that's okay i have a couple friends who are probably overly generous and will surprise me um one of my friends, Mary Cohen, she's, uh, it's her birthday today. So happy birthday. Happy and well, birthday! by the time, well, no, we'll try to get this out today. Yeah, it's um, going out today. It, happy birthday. Be, yeah, so happy birthday to her. She's one of whatever, the best. Whatever people day I've... this is, it's the 24th of October. Yes. 2019. Um, she's one of the best people I've ever known and probably one of the best human beings on the planet. And, and that sounds like an exaggeration, but it's really true. And anybody who knows her would agree with that. Um, she and a couple other friends are very generous and very kind. And I have been, you know, when I have when I have a lot of extra you money, I, I end up spending it mostly on other people. Oh, yeah. Which is of course. Really, 
which is fun. You know, it's nice. It makes people feel good mm-hmm. to get things. But I, uh, yeah, I, I, I work hard and I am yep. real careful. I, I am a budget finder. I am a coupon clipper. I, I am friends of mine, my family, they're like, how did you get this for this cheap? It, you know, not yeah. the toys, other things. So the money I save in those, on those things, you know, either saved for other expenses or for an occasional splurge. And that, is kind of a reward as well. Mm-hmm. Um, every show I do, I get, you know, I, I reward myself with something. If I have a good audition, I reward myself. <laughs> not, not necessarily with something expensive, yeah. but, you know. If I go to the bathroom regularly, I reward myself with a toy. Well, you know, yeah. why um, not? <laughs> <laughs> speaking of that, we've been talking way too long, and I probably oh. should go out looking for toys because... The new Marvel Legends Avengers wave with, uh, you know, um, Thor Lebowski is hitting and is out right now. The wave is pretty boring, but we finally get a Heimdall. It is a boring wave. But no, that, it's movie but figures, we, and I just but find we get Heimdall, boring, but so I'm pretty I'm excited. I'm glad everyone else likes them. I'm excited for Heimdall. There's nobody in there for you, but it's an exciting wave to have Heimdall. The rest of them are kind of like, yeah, okay. I mean, do I really right. need them? Not really. But I want, I love that, I love that man, and I love uh, Heimdall. So you know, Valkyrie's in that wave too. Valkyrie's right? in that wave, and she looks pretty that's cool. A nice so, looking figure. That's a nice looking figure. I like that one too. Um, so you know, I'm gonna go out and buy some toys. Brian Charles Rooney, you take all those children that are screaming in the background and go buy them <laughs> some toys. They don't need toys. And next time, ooh, we're going to talk about some toys. Ooh, some toys, some new toys we got some from mm. some friends of ours. Will you give us a little preview about that? Yeah, we're going to talk about the new Alternation toy line. Um, I don't want to say too much yet because I don't want to spoil it. But if you go to our Instagram, you'll see uh, – just look, check out our stories and you'll see some some info and some uh, some top secret video about this new toy line. Um there's big news for them, big news for them. Uh, and I'm super happy um, because a friend of mine is involved and it's the toys. We got some samples in the mail, our first, uh, our first samples. Um, it's and really I can't cool. take and my they, hands off of them. I'm having no, a great time with them. They're super awesome. Um, I, and you'll see them. Uh, the, even the packaging was really cool. And uh, we will have them on as guests soon. And you'll get to hear their story and how they developed this property and why you're going to love it. If you like uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. If you like, uh, if you just like fun Joe, toys, if you, if you like, just like fun yeah. toys, if you just yeah. love toys, like I sometimes just buy toys because they look cool and I love right. them. Right. Especially in the nineties, there was all these this actually crazy do. stuff. They are actually these are a lot of fun. The ones I have, and Brian Charles Rooney has the others, and they're so much fun to play with. And yeah. we'll tell you all about them next time on Each Sold Separately. And they come with mini comics. They come with mini comics. That's the last Old little. That's, that's all you get. That's all you get from me. That's today. all you get. So thank you for <laughs> listening. And uh, for those of you that have stopped following us after this podcast, we hope you have a great life. <laughs> and um, that you have a wonderful time. We're not trying to um, tell you what to think or how to feel or anything like that. We just thought we'd uh, let you get to know us a little bit. Exactly. And how we feel about the world and how we feel about toys. And toys, as always, is our number one concern. So I hope that those eBay auctions are going well. I hope you're finding your Danny Moonstars, and I hope that you're out there getting all those toys that you want, because I know I am, and I'm going to go look right now, because I still need that Jeff Goldblum that's that dang GameStop exclusive. So I will see you guys <laughs> later. I'm going to go find me some Jeff Goldblum. I'm going to go sing.
Oh, but yeah. I sound happy. <laughs> <laughs> See you later. Bye. Bye. New Star Wars The Force Awakens toys and action figures are here. Cool. Are you ready to bring the adventure of the Star Wars universe into your home? The Force is with us. And us. Yeah, us too. <laughs> New action figures and playsets for ages six and up. Way up. Battle the evil Kylo Ren. I'm going to get you in my lightsaber. Or leave it in the box. Attack. Or leave them in the box and never touch them! All your favorite Star Wars heroes and villains. I have Rey and Finn. I have three of each. One to display, one to open, and one just in case. Why? Non-stop Star Wars action! Like Chewbacca with clip-on forest armor. Time to suit up! Or just look at it! Critical! Launch into hyperspace and battle action Millennium Falcon with real movie sounds. It's completely movie accurate! No, what are you doing? That's not how it lands. It goes... You control the force. You control the action. They don't fight like that. Yeah, just like Doug Vader. Doug Vader? The power's in your hands. Does your wife like toys, too? Never stop!